0: Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast. Your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the March of the Arch podcast. In this last installment of preview season, we've got three teams and an interview on today's episode. Those three teams are the University of Evansville Purple Aces, the University of Northern Iowa Panthers, and the Southern Illinois Salukis. Joining us on this episode is the voice of the Salukis, Luke Martin. Before we get to those team previews, as always, how we doing today, Baker?
1: Doing great. We're finally at the uh, the end of the the work we've been doing, putting our, a lot of work into these previews and uh, final three here, and uh, three very interest. This these this might be the most interesting group of three because um, a lot going on with these three. So this is gonna be a fun one to do.
0: Yeah, different type trajectories. I think you know, not to like spoil anything. You've got you know a perceived um, maybe uh, fall from the top. Uh you got someone that's pretty steady, and you got someone on the upward trajectory. Absolutely. And I think in this preview episode, you'll find out uh, which teams uh, we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to this. But uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun going through this. And uh, yeah, you got a chance to uh, uh, take a trip down to uh, Carbondale to uh, to meet with Luke and get that interview. So, uh, how was your time in Carbondale?
0: Uh, it was great. Um, had uh, some of my favorites. I was down there just for some volunteer work that I do for the College of Business and specifically the School of Accountancy. So always love to get down and just see what's going on in the campus. And, you know, one of my favorite things, Baker, this is like totally weird, but I've been out of college, you know, over 10 years now. And just like walking around campus and just seeing the livelihood and, you know, just all those students going to class and just, um, you know, there's just a different – um vibe and environment on a college campus just the excitement and just the learning and just the fun that goes on in a college campus great time got some of my uh, favorite foods got to hang out with my parents it was it was just a great time had my all
1: and where was the was do you went to uh the pizza place right
0: i did i went to quattro's and then for breakfast i had mary lou's biscuits and gravy so it oh. was great um a little bit of a downer because um this episode is going to come out um here um, later on, unfortunately, when we're recording this, we actually just got news that the owner of Quattro's passed away, uh, unexpectedly, um, today. So, um, honestly, a little bit, uh, really bummed right now, uh, just cause I honestly had a chance to meet with him and get to talk to him when I was down at campus. And, um, honestly thoughts and prayers to his family, um, and the, and the Quattro's, um, just employees, staff and ownership there. It's, um, honestly a really big bummer, but honestly, within, Right before we started recording, I just found this out. So oh, uh, man, thoughts and prayers brutal. to the Quatro's family.
1: Yeah, no, I had no idea. That's brutal. That's uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers to them. And uh, is, uh, it, I know that whenever you uh, whenever you talk fondly about Southern Illinois, um, going back to school and going back to you know a football game or a basketball game, Quatro's is is kind of a staple of your trips.
0: It is, it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a great time, great fond memories. And I like, like I said, thoughts and prayers uh, to the Quattro's uh, family employees. But hey, um, you know, as always, uh, let's let's get into some of these uh, teams and we will start off with the University of Evansville Purple Aces. All right, Valley fans against the Evansville Purple Aces. This is head coach David Ragland's second season at the helm of the Purple Aces. Last season, his first season, he went 5-27 um, in the regular season, 5-26 and in conference play, 1-19. and uh, The Purple Aces bowed out in the first round, uh, big time losing to Indiana State. They were the 12th seed last place in the um, NVC regular season. Then they lost fifty eight to ninety seven. Um, first first season for Evansville in the Ragland Air Baker. Um, someone that we got to talk to, gotten to know, and someone that we highly respect in the Missouri Valley. We knew they would take their lumps, um, but um, hopefully, year two, a uh, little bit of a um, an upward trajectory for them.
1: Yeah, you know, last year uh, it was funny after the first game of the season. I remember when they beat they went on the road, beat Miami of Ohio. Everybody's like, oh yeah. You know this. this, Maybe they're maybe they're better than we think, and you know they went to St. Louis and this they only lost by eighteen, and they that game was closer um, than the score remembers. But then things just kind of things just kind of fell off for Evansville, and uh, it was a tough first year for Coach Ragland, who we both obviously like, um, and hopefully we'll have him on the show here soon. Um, He is, or I think that the one thing to kind of encapsulate the whole season is their trip to St. Louis was bad, 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 bad. Mm -hmm. That was, that's the, I wasn't, I think that was the most or the biggest uh, difference in score in the history of Arch Madness. I'm Mm -hmm. fairly certain that's true. Um, When they lost to Indiana state and that game wasn't even competitive. So um, unfortunately not the, uh, not the strongest first year, but like you said, Vance, it was kind of expected going into last year. We weren't, I I think Evansville, we knew it was going to be, I think Evansville last year was kind of where Valpo is now. You knew they were going to kind of have to go through their lumps under, mm-hmm. under Raglan and, and now in year two, three, four would be when they'd start to take
0: that step forward. Yeah. It's hard to run a race without any horses, Baker.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, looking at the team this year, um, losing a few guys that uh, I think are of note. Um, obviously, Marvin Coleman. Uh, someone the Valley fans are going to know and remember. Um, he was really, really good player for them. I, I thought he played really hard as well as Antoine Smith. Um, he was one of those guys that kind of had his moments, and um, he he kind of would you know he catch fire in one of these games. Hit a couple of threes. He was kind of streaky player, but uh, a good player nonetheless. And then Gabe Spinelli, I have him highlighted. Um, maybe not statistically the best player, but he was one of those guys that you noticed out there because how hard he played. Um, the only other one I want to really mention is Blaze Beauchamp, but that. Departure happened so long ago. When I was going through this, I was like, "I guess he did leave last year." But um, I mean, that was like—I think that was after like five games. Yeah, it was mid-season. It was Uh, one of those
0: strange, yeah, occurrences. So,
1: so looking at the roster this year, the first thing I'm going to say is Evansville is going to be better. Okay, Evansville is going to be better, Um, led by Kenny Strawbridge again this year in his fifth year. Um, He was 14 and a half points per game. He was third team All MVC. I expect the same out of him this year. He was a really good player. To me, another guy who you, who people remember out there, he was 10 points a game for them last year. He's going to be another one of their big guys down low that's going to bring a lot to the table. Um, what I will, a couple of guys that I want to talk about here though, Antonio Thomas, um, one player. He's in his fifth year. Uh, some of you may remember he actually was at Bradley for a couple of years, but he was he was at Kentucky Wesleyan. To almost 10 points a game in Juco, I think he's probably going to be one of the starters with um, Gage Bob in the background in the backcourt for them. Um, he's a player to watch out for for this team. Uh, looking at the rest of this group, um, they've it's kind of a mixed bag, Vance. Um, we've got Cam Hafner, who's going to be a kid out of Eastern Illinois. He started 11 games there, 7.5 points per game as a freshman, coming in as a sophomore to Evansville. Um, I think he can develop into a really good player. Um, you've got a, a couple of players here, uh, Joshua Hughes coming from Australia, um, from the basketball, uh, basketball, Australia center of excellence. Um, so he's going to be a name to keep in mind as well. Um, Tanner cuff, he's a uh, Salt Lake community college, five and a half points per game. He was at the best community college in the country last year. So winning culture coming in as a junior six, seven guard, uh, really big player there. Uh, I think the one that, that a lot of people are going to really that are going to gravitate toward and who's going to be in the mix for freshman of the year is Chuck Bailey, the third. Um, he's a four-star number third ranked player out of Michigan. He is a great scorer, And um, one theme with the three teams that we're going to talk about, um, there's going to be a lot of freshman of the year, um, freshman of the year contenders with each one of these teams. And we'll make sure to mention them. But uh, Chuck Bailey, the third, I think is going to be one of those guys, uh, six, five guard. He's going to have to, I think he's going to have to take on more of a load than most freshmen would early. Um, I do believe he will correct the starting lineup before the end of the year, but um, Vance, what are you looking at with the aces roster this
0: year? I think it's an interesting one. So uh, potential starters, just the known quantities with it is uh, Strawbridge, uh, Thomas and Gage um, one of the better headbands in the league, by the way, in Gage. Um, but, um, you know, I think it'll be interesting because you got a lot of hungry freshmen and sophomore coming into yes, this program. Um, these are going to be Coach Ragland's guys, you know, as he's trying to build a program here that I could see this starting five get a little bit uh, switched up maybe mid-year or late in the season as he starts to develop his program. So that's really what I'm looking about, Evansville, in year two is mm. just development of the younger guys, um, into whatever the Raglan culture is that, you know, we're, we're starting to get um, accustomed to. So that's what I see out of Evansville. I think mm-hmm. they're still going to take their lumps a little bit um, and more likely not be picked in that lower lower part of the conference. But I think it's going to be, um, you know, a, a, it's a recruiting class. It's a transfer class for Raglan that, um, you know, has some – shows some sign of life. And, I mean, some of these younger guys are going to be uh, getting some starting min- minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you look at a guy like Gitesh, He's coming from IMG Academy, with which I, I think a lot of people are familiar with. One of the you know the premier yep. high schools in the the country. Fourteen and a half points per game. He's a shooter from three. He's another guy that we didn't even mention from Brazil. He could be really good. Um, Michael Day, another guy we don't know much about, but he's a six eleven center and he shoots the ball from the perimeter. So those are those aren't really a lot of you don't see those a lot in the Valley. Right. what I'm trying to say a 611 guy who can step out and hit the three. so um, if michael Michael day, I think I think the thing that I'll say is they're gonna be better, especially because a lot of the guys that are coming back like you know your Strawbridge or Toomey, um, they've been through the wars in the league they're they're gonna get better and we've seen that they're proven. The other thing is they're gonna consistently keep getting better throughout the year because if you look at all of these freshman sophomores, like you said Vance, um, a lot of them are going to be developmental projects, but as they develop, this team is going to consistently get better. So um, this really feels like the, this feels like, like last year was year one, but this really feels like the restart of Evansville with this. Yep. Full roster. And
0: I agree. And, you know, we talked about coach Ragland, you know, he's been on the show. Um, love coach Raglan, but Hey, let's not sleep on a, an, a late addition to the Evansville purple a staff. DJ Ballantyne is back in the mix. He is, um, the director of player development, so I know um, the the Missouri Valley diehards will love seeing him back um, in the uh, the purple and orange. Yeah, no
1: doubt. DJ DJ was awesome in his uh, his time in the valley, um, first teamer I think. Right when he he was first team all conference back oh, in yeah. his day, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, had to have been, had to have been. Um, yeah, okay. Um, look, let's move on to their uh, their non conference schedule. Um, not great um it's not great it's uh you know they got that few return games one we still don't at, at the time of the recording we don't know who their second game is gonna be against. So it's gonna be a non-division one game but they start off with miami of ohio in a return game on november the 6th um staying in indiana for some games uh they go to byu which is a good test for them after those couple of valley games that they're in Um, They end the non-conference season at Cincinnati on the 30th of December. So um, another Valley team playing Cincinnati. And uh, I think the most interesting part is um, explaining what's going on with their MTE. Um, So what happened was they were supposed to be in the Las Vegas Classic. Um, Not a ton of details around why it was canceled. I think speculation is that they just didn't have enough teams to fill it. Mm -hmm. And so what they're doing is they're going to play – um, themselves, uh, Southeast Missouri State, who they're already playing a non-conference game against. They're actually going to play them twice. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, they're going to play SEMO and then Chattanooga in a three-team round robin in Chattanooga. So I think it was basically, I, and, and I, I may have this wrong, but I'm I'm reading this as these three teams are going to be a part of this Las Vegas deal. It fell through, so Chattanooga just said, hey, let's just come to our building. We'll play over a two-day period. We'll play three games and... At least get some ba- more
0: basketball in. Open gym action, Baker. Hey,
1: nothing, n- nothing wrong with that. But hey, at least they're playing something. I mean, it'd be it'd be one thing if they weren't even getting an M- MTE. So, um, you know, I, I think that this is the this non-conference schedule shapes up for me, Vance, as one that they can gain confidence in. I think that you know, I don't think it's unreasonable to think they could go six and six over the non-conference. You know, be a five hundred team going in the Valley play
0: yeah you know, I mean, get a split at least with semo and uh, let's see what happens
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely um, so kind of going uh big picture here for Evansville as we close out things with the aces um what to you van? I'll kick this to you. What do you see as a successful season for coach Raglan?
0: Evansville uh, they gotta find a way to get out of the basement um I think that. I mean, definitely more than one win. They've got to be you know, they've gotta finish higher than Valpo. Um, I mean, getting the getting the sniff the bottom that nine ten, um, and I think that's a that's a good year for the Aces.
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Um I don't think they can avoid the bottom four this year. Um, but I do think they have a reasonable shot at ninth. Yeah. And I think I think nine, and I think that would be a A very successful year for them. Um, I do have them in that bottom tier, obviously, um, in the Missouri Valley Conference. But like, like you and I I think you and I both agree, um, it's going to be a much more competitive team. And and truth be told, how many years have been in a row where Evansville is one of those teams that's just going to keep fighting? They're going to fight till the end. Um, A lot of there were some games last year where they were in them, and um, you know, I remember Missouri State. There was a game at Missouri State, I think it was, or maybe it was at home. They were they should have won that game, and there's a handful of games like that. So. Um, th- I think this is gonna be a much more competitive team at least this year, and um, I think my expectation is maybe maybe they can get to five wins in conference. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd yeah. be great.
0: I-, I agree. All right, that's been the University of Evansville Purple Aces. Before we break down the Southern Illinois Salukis in the 2023-2024 season let's talk with the voice of the salukis luke martin all right valley fans we are on site i am in a maroon there's maroon flags there's saluki logos and i am sitting next to luke martin the new play-by-play and voice of the southern Illinois salukis yes the same luke martin who was on our show last season representing the Indiana State Sycamores, but you know what, uh, listeners and Saluki fans out there, Luke looks great in maroon, <laughs> and I'm excited to have him on the March the Arch podcast. How are we doing today, Luke?
2: <laughs> great, Vance. Well, one, you know, even though we're all used to Zoom and... Uh, all the different ways to connect. It's nice to actually do this in person. Isn't so it? It's, it's great to have you in the Saluki Royalty Podcast Studios. Here we go. I can, I can pub the podcast. Oh, oh yeah. It? Okay. No, that's good. But no, it's, it's really good to see. I was so thrilled, Vance, when you're like, you're going to be around the area and stop in and say hello. And um, I know I told you before we started recording. I mean, it's been, it really has, it's helped that I think I've been in the league and I, and I knew what I was coming to. Man, this community, the region, has been so welcoming to me. Uh, it's been very, very humbling, number one, because I know who I'm coming in after and how much Mike Reese was beloved and still beloved and always will be beloved. Uh, but, man, they've been – now, football's making it easy right now. You know, as we <laughs> record this, you know, we're 2-0. and <laughs> I haven't really had to cover anything tough. Um, but it's it has been just – it's been everything I thought it would be and then some. I've I've loved it.
0: Yeah, so for this Slookie fan, you know, yeah, I've listened to, to both games that you've called and, you know, we're excited to have you, um, you know, obviously all the sentiments you said about Mike Reese, like he's the voice of my childhood and yeah. my childhood uh, Slookie fandom. But personally, and just because you've been a friend of the podcast, it's awesome to have you in the maroon and we'll be in the box, um, you know, at uh, Slookie Stadium and then also at the Ben Tira Center for, uh, for basketball games. So maybe let's uh, talk about just, you know, coming to Carbondale, um, just the different perspective you you might bring as the new voice of the Salukis, uh, bringing with you that knowledge of the valley and specifically Indiana State. How did that kind of propel you to um, approach this job or maybe apply for this job? And you know, what is it about the league that really wanted wanted you wanted to stay in it?
2: Yeah, the, really, the first part or I guess the last part of of what you asked of why stay in the league, the people, uh, the people in the league are second to none, in my opinion. I've worked in different leagues, not to dwindle previous leagues I've worked with. Southern Conference had great people. The Mid-American Conference had great people when I was there in undergrad at Ball State. Um, But the reason why the Valley is special is you have guys like Mike Kern, you have Ryan Davis, you have Jack Watkins, you have people who have been part of the league for a long time. And of course, early on when I started getting to know Doug Elgin, was always a treat. I mean, Doug treated you just as he would treat a president or chancellor at another university. That's why I always loved about Doug. And Jeff Jackson is the same way that he's been able to take over and get to know Jeff. Um, but what's helped me, I think, transition more into this job is, look, Mike, how he did it was, I don't want to say it's the the old radio way, um, but that's really all he knew. That was his skill set. And obviously, as Mike worked and grew up, like, uh, he grew up in a much different era than you and I have, Vance, so what's helped me out with this job, even though there were aspects of my job at Indiana State that uh, got got uh, really tiring in terms of a lot of social media work, a lot of video work um, with all of our teams on campus, being able to do that has allowed me to build a skill set and I can do much more than just all right, tell you where the ball is, tell you who they are, and what happens during a game. It's how can you tell a story throughout the week? How can you build coverage on other social media platforms to to really promote your teams, but also promote the athletes and promote the coaches and promote their stories? I looked at it as this isn't director of broadcasting job. It's being a, you know, it's a director of storytelling job. And how I'm doing the job right now from being active on social media to posting not just audio interviews but video clips to just – it's trying to expand ways that SIU and SRA hasn't had in the past and utilizing your skill set, And that's how you're different. You know, I told people from the get-go, and I said it during my interview process, I'm not going to try to mimic this job and be exactly how Mike was. One, Mike doesn't deserve that. Um, and two, I wouldn't be successful doing that. You know, Mike was a Hall of Famer, Saluki Hall of Famer, Illinois broadcaster, every sort of Hall of Famer because he was true to himself and did it the way he thought was best, and that's what I'm just trying to do. Um, I'm not coming in to say what Mike did was is not what I want to do, or or say the way Mike did it was wrong. I'm saying no, Mike did it this way. We're recognizing his work, continuing to do it that way, and just me now coming in saying here's the way where I think uh, we we can do it because it it is who I am.
0: I love that, and you know one thing you've I'm sure you've heard a ton of is once a sulky or. Um always a Saluki so once a Saluki always a Saluki and you know uh, Mike Reese really embodied that and we're excited to have you because you now are officially a Saluki <laughs> yes. and you know you will put your mark um, you know as the voice of the Salukis moving forward so we're two games into the football season but basketball season is not too yes. far off I think um, right, you know, eight
2: weeks away eight yeah. seven weeks away yeah it's, it's
0: crazy so it's it's going to be a different conference obviously you covered Indiana State last year who's going to be a different Indiana State yeah. uh, moving forward but you know four or five of the first team um, all conference guys transferred to uh, power five league so it's just going to look and feel differently just from the broader Missouri Valley basketball um, spectrum you know I, th- I think it's going to be better in totality um, it's just more of it's it's going to be a bloodbath like it always is this year it
2: is which if you're hoping for a Valley that can get multi bids you don't want it to be too much of a bloodbath uh, you know you really want the top of the league to separate and hopefully build resumes to where you can get multiple teams in, but who are they going to be? I mean, that's the point we talk about all the time, Vance, and we were before we even started recording this, is you have a, I think you have a good feel of who will be up towards the top and who will kind of be maybe down towards the bottom trying to build their way up. You know, Coach Powell, a lot of respect for him and what he's going to bring to Valpo, Evansville, I know Rags is going to eventually get that turned around, but you have a feeling that those two teams may be towards the bottom of the league. And then the top of the league, I mean, there's so much buzz about Northern Iowa coming back, and deservingly so. Coach Jacobson does a great job. Missouri State virtually returns everybody from a team that has always had skill. Um, Just can they capitalize on that skill and get towards the top of the league? We know what Darren DeVries does at Drake. They get Tucker back. Um, even though they finally lost Roman Penn, um, you know, Darnell Brody still finding a way to stick around. Um, so there is a good chunk of the league where you're going, okay, I think we know a lot about those teams. But then there's teams uh, like the one where I'm coming from, Indiana State, where I think everyone on the outside is going to say, how can you replace Cooper Nice, Cam Henry, Corvassi, McCully, and be better? Uh I Like I told you, I personally think Indiana State will be better from what I've seen in the summer when I was in Terre Haute, which means, man, where's that going to come from? I think people will find out eventually with those guys. But that's because I was there. I think there's a lot of teams within the league, Vance, that probably feel that way of – because they get to see it, <laughs> you know. Not, yep. Summer practices are not streamed everywhere, and everyone gets to tune in and know who's making an impact. So you should feel good about yourselves right now. Because if you don't, then it's going to be a really, really long year. Um, but it should be—I feel like—a better league, top to bottom. Yes, it will probably be a bloodbath, but for me, you know, we can both say this. Uh, you being a Saluki as well. I hope SIU is in that upper half because that means that they're, one, having a really good year, but two, they'll be in that mix of trying to make the Valley a two-bid league, and the schedule is what the schedule is. There's going to be great opportunities for the Salukis, Indiana State. I know we'll play Alabama and Michigan State. Um, I know Northern Iowa is in a good MTE to start the year. You'd need those teams to do well. So then once you get to the league, hopefully the net can rise because right now that's the That's kind of the the roadblock right now for teams in our league is once you get the league play, Nets don't really move up and down that of course like they do uh, when it comes to the Power Five.
0: Yeah, and I think the Salukis are going to fall into that mix of you know if you're here, uh, but there's a lot of unknowns because yes. you're going to look at their roster you're going to see who, th- who they lose. And there's no denying losing Lance Jones and Marcus Damax is huge. And I will also plug, um, Luke just did an uh, interview on his Saluki Royalty podcast with Coach Brian Mullins, so go check that out. But maybe kind of just high level for the Salukis, you know, lay of the land and what uh, the 23-24 season could look like for the Salukis.
2: Talking to Coach Mullins, he really – is optimistic at just the the be able to oh okay siri uh, being able to tell me the update probably should turn siri off before we started but no i i think from coach mullen's perspective vance um the biggest thing for him is you know what you're going to expect i mean southern's always going to be a team that's going to be well going to defend it well they're going to be well prepared because brian and his staff I feel like from my short time here, just seeing a little bit of their preparation side and not even in season mode, um, I just know from mutual contacts and mutual friends that have worked here, you'll be blown away by just the amount of prep work, the amount of preparation that him and his staff do to go into the season. But for this team specifically, I don't think there's any secret. You know what you've lost, but it's really trying to find out what your strengths are gonna be. you know, I really love Xavier Johnson. Uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous team leader for SIU this year. Of course, his role I think is going to continue to get bigger and better. Um, you know, him coming back, Clarence Rupert definitely showed flashes last year of being somebody in the post that can be a huge piece, that not just SIU but be one of the better big men and one of the better big men in the league. Uh, but we're where can that offense make up the ground that, of course, you do lose? But what I thought was interesting that Coach Mullen said in our podcast conversation, because I asked them, I'm like, a lot of people and fans will think they'll see who you lost. They'll see you, know, you no longer have the mask, you no longer have Lance Jones. But that also creates opportunity for a lot of guys on the team. And it also knows that maybe you'll have better ball movement Uh, Not to imply that it means the ball stuck a ton with those two guys because they were both tremendous teammates here, and I've heard nothing but great things about both of them. But now you're kind of trying to figure out who your go-to guys are going to be. Or even if you will have go-to guys, maybe it will be very well dispersed through the team. That is where I want to get to practice, see how the team looks, see who some of those emerging guys will be. Because as you alluded to right now, Vance, uh, there's a lot of learning that's got to go on. But that also creates good positive energy within the team. The few practices I've been to and watched, they've had extremely high energy. Uh, But again, you expect that this time of year. If you don't have that now, uh, then you can probably be like, I don't really expect a whole lot.
0: Yeah, and there's, I mean, one of the newcomers, Kenner Davis, could be one of the best freshmen in the Valley this year. And so I know there's a lot of unknown because you don't know how high school translate to college, but he's one that, you know, as this Saluki fan, excited to see him on the court.
2: Yeah, he'll be one that you're going to look at. I know just trying to get guys healthy, too. It's that time of year. I mean, there's always bumps and bruises, but you have to be ready to go come late September. Uh, and you know, and that's here in just a couple of weeks when <laughs> official practices start. Yeah. Um, but when you have the schedule that you do and you have the sad schedule that the Salukis have, you're going to need every person in your arsenal uh, because there's just not going to be many stretches at all during your non-conference or your valley schedule for that matter, where you're gonna feel like you have a stretch where you can take a deep breath.
0: So two last kind of fun questions here. Yeah. So you just got to Carbondale or recently. Um, what's your go-to food spot right oh, now? Oh gosh,
2: man, I knew you were gonna ask me that. Uh, my favorite breakfast spot, I love Mary Lou's. Uh, Mary Lou's getting their biscuits and gravy, um, their meat lovers omelet. I actually have that this morning on my way in the work. That's been one of my favorite spots. Uh, Coach Mullins took me to Harbaugh's. That's another really good lunch breakfast spot uh, here in town. I have enjoyed pizza. Man, I could either go with Pags or Quattro's. Love them both. I'm probably more on the Quattro's bandwagon. That's no, the right no, 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 no offense to Pags, <laughs> um, but that that's been that's been really really nice. Uh, but man, it's it's neat, Vance, because it's nice to experiment and get to know some new places. Yes. So, uh, but those are kind of the that's been my, my main uh, rundown right now of places I've been able to eat here in the Carbondale area.
0: So for those listening, he passed the Saluki um, <laughs> vibe check because so I'm in town for maybe six hours. <laughs> I'm on the road more. I'm doing it all in one day. I left central Illinois at 3:30 a.m. because I needed Mary Lou's before my first meeting on campus. Yes. So that was my first spot this morning. Um, you know, I biscuits and gravied myself to death. Um, and then right after this, heading to Quattro's with my parents. So yes. those are the two I have. To hit when I'm in Carbondale for six hours.
2: And I should also say, I've been to Murphy's Burrow the original 17th Street barbecue. You so, you, you know, I'm, Vance, I'm prepared. All man. right, good, I, good. You know. All right, well, you
0: pass. So, <laughs> last one, and this um, maybe will give you um, listeners and Sloogie fans, well, you're both one and the same, but um, one fun thing from Arch Madness last year is um, I know if you listen to him, um, he. Had a really great outfit at Arch Madness. Um, Not only the coat, but he brought out some Robbie Avila goggles and called the game in the goggles. Maybe take us through that. And do you? How does that play into who you are? And maybe just like a little uh, window into your approach to calling games.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. You know, going back to that, uh, Robbie one is just one of my all time favorite. Not even I, I hate to even just say athlete. He's just one of my favorite people. Uh Robbie is so down to earth, so easy to talk to. Uh really miss him. Uh, and I miss a lot of those guys because you build those relationships, Vance, and, and that's what it's about. You know, it's about being able to get to know someone like yourself, being able to get to know the Saluki fans i have been able to get to know, getting to know, you know, from John and Jim Tribble and Tara Holt to um Charlie Shackley, who I'd have, who would meet with me every Monday night with those guys. They're getting to know all those specific fans. I can, I can go on and on. But it's it's building that special relationship with them. And uh, obviously, we had the goggle giveaway last year um, as a little NIL thing. And one of our donors, Todd Hine, uh, Todd and Michelle Hine, they wanted to do these goggles because their son, uh, Jacob, uh, was just a huge Robbie fan, uh, and he's kind of the Robbie look-alike there in Terre Haute. Uh, I have my baby blue jacket on. I have my baby blue shoes on. Um, those are no longer going to really be worn. <laughs> for, I'm going to have to work on a maroon jacket. I'm, I'm working on getting a maroon jacket, some sort of maroon style shoes, which you know, I've already kind of talked with you, Vance, You know, uh, at least point me in the right direction on those, but. Um, You wanna be connected to your teams, uh, number one. And uh, I've always told our guys, um, our teams that is, wherever I've been, I wanna play as big of a role or as small small of a role as you want me to play, Um, but I want you guys to view me as part of the team. And and that's not always the case everywhere. Um, Some may say, well, that may cloud you know, if you're viewed as part of the team, at may cloud what necessarily you say on the air about them. No, I mean, I've always learned, Vance, that people just want to be treated fairly, more than anything. You know, coaches after games, they understand every decision they make or a player, every decision they make or every game they have is not going to be the best game. And there's going to be times where you have to address and ask some hard questions of why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? And they have that respect for you when you treat them just as you do all the time. Um but for me it's there's nothing better. I know for Robbie Robbie absolutely loved it uh but it's just that way of saying, you know, I'm right there with you. You know, like we're we're in this together. We travel together. We're on the road. Um, yes we're all hoping for the same thing too when you broadcast for for a team you know, as you know and I know you've t- had me on multiple areas I've been on Valley TV and when you're on Valley TV and that platform you do your best to be in the middle and I really prided myself to do that from a preparation side but when you have the voice title um, there's there's no split um, you know it, it's you're behind your team you're behind your guys um, so what I hope in terms of my style, not necessarily in my outfit. We got to think of what that what that would yeah. be here. There's no goggles that I've seen so far here at SIU. So I don't have to work with Coach Mullins. Um, yeah, I know floor burn. Floor burn U is what they've called. So I don't know if I can get floor burns yeah. all over my. So I, I don't know if I'll be a big floor burn guy. But um, man, I'm just just ready to get to know the guys to where you can build that type of relationship. And because um, that is what made Indiana State special was. Uh, Coach Schertz and I and his staff and the players, uh, we really were, we were right together. And it will come with time. You know, as for me to sit here and say that it's like that right now, uh, would would be not be saying it's true. Uh, but Coach Mullins and his staff and the team, they have an open door policy with me, and I just really look forward to building that type of relationship with them.
0: Well, Luke, welcome to Carbondale. <laughs> welcome you, to Saluki Nation. This fan is pumped to have you. Like I said, listen to first your first two football games. And we're excited for the energy and just uh, what you are already contributed um, on the radio and then also on social medias. Speaking of social medias, I don't know if you have them memorized already, but where can people find you on social media? Yep, just
2: go to Twitter or X or whatever you'd like to call it, <laughs> at underscore Uh, Luke P. Martin is my handle. Um, You can just search Luke P. Martin as well on Instagram, on Instagram, pull some content through there. Uh, But if you follow any of our social athletic channels, SIU Salukis, Salukis SIUSalukis.com, Um, we're really trying to revamp the website where it can be a one-stop shop so wherever you see our our interviews on whatever social media platforms you can get it through siusalukis.com we'll be going through a a new revamped website here very very soon so we're really excited about that tim mccoyne's done a great job within our office of revamping it so uh, but those are areas where you can see me reach out i i I know i always told you that vance Uh, if you're a saluki fan valley fan even Um, Always reach out, connect. I love connecting with fans uh, and just being able to share stories whenever that chance is.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. And as always, good to see you. And it's awesome to do this in person.
2: Absolutely, Vance. Come back anytime.
0: All right, Valley fans, great conversation with Luke Martin. It was awesome to sit on, you know, just the couch in his office and just see him in person. But let's get into the Southern Illinois Salukis. Last season um, – or, sorry, this is head coach Brian Mullins' fifth season at the helm of the Salukis. Overall, he is 67-55 and 55 at SIU. Last season they were 22-29 in the regular season – Fourteen and sixteen in conference play, earning them the third seed in Arch Madness. They won the opening round game against Missouri State, winning fifty-four to fifty-one, before losing to Drake 52-65.
1: Yeah, it's a good team last year, Vance, um, and obviously uh, led by Damask and uh, Lance Jones. This is a really solid team, similar to Belmont. Um, I think it was like you know three weeks left in the regular season. Um, these were the two teams that were tied. Belmont and Southern Illinois were tied for the conference lead. Um, down the stretch, a uh, couple of tough games. I know one against my Redbirds on the road, um, but there are a couple of close losses you guys had on the way. Uh, I think I think you lost Bradley twice, right, toward the end mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, yep. yeah, I see it right here now. Um, there was a, it, it was a good season. I would say so. I would say really good season. Um, I mean, twenty three wins is great. I, I'm. I'm curious though. To me, it feels kind of like I'm not totally satisfied because the era of Marcus Damask and Lance Jones ended, and there wasn't an NCAA tournament with them because of how talented they were. I'm a little little bit of bitterness in my mouth for this for Southern Illinois last year. Uh, am I yeah. fair with that, or am I unfair?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think everyone thought we were going to Arch Madness was gonna win it. I just yeah. thought like I it was just it had that feeling around Silky Nation. Um, Unfortunately couldn't get could it done. Um didn't didn't play the mm. best first half of a Arch Madness oh, semifinal game. Um but I don't yeah, think you
1: I, played. I don't think you played a good a quote-unquote good half at Arch Madness.
0: No, oh, I agree. Yeah, like I don't think
1: like if like if not to be mean, I'm, I know. No, you're fine. But like when we because we sat together watched that Missouri State Southern Illinois, <laughs> Hey, like, got some TV time. You, you did, yeah, right. I, that's right. I forgot about that. You guys stunk that game and you still won, but like and then yeah. the next game it was. I mean, nobody was beating Drake in that tournament, but it really sucked because for you guys to you had a really good quality team and it was one of those that was over at halftime yeah so yeah um, i mean we, but, we made it We yeah, anyway
0: we, yeah. we won't. all right let's get it <laughs> we don't this, we don't need next, new season new i don't season, need to keep
1: season. twisting the knife on you on this one new start um, a couple of uh couple of departures though that we want to talk about here marcus damask obviously 16 and a half points per game lance jones 13.8 points per game uh juan newton dalton banks jd mula foster wonders those are also guys that left the team uh but this is a new era of uh, saluki basketball and I think when I sit before I we break down the roster and who's still there and who's coming in, I this feels like to me for Southern Illinois because I I do believe in Brian Mullins. I I feel like we're taking one step back to take two steps forward this after this year, and I feel like we're setting ourselves up with this roster for the future of Saluki basketball. A um, couple guys that you're going to know, I think the one that jumps off the page, Xavier Johnson, one of the best defenders in the league. He was only seven points per game. Uh, that's going to have to be double figures for them um, mm-hmm. this year. Another guy, Clarence Rupert, who I think both of us like a lot. Um, he can kind of uh, he can kind of do a lot of different things. He kind of gives. He's a 6'8 forward. Those of you who have seen him play, you know he does a lot of things. Troy D'Amico is another guy that I like. I, I like his game. He can, he can do different things at different times for the Salukis and be a kind of a handy player to have out there. Um, I want to mention about Trey Miller. Uh, I think he's going to be one that's going to break the starting line for you. He's a sophomore from Houston, Texas, coming over from Incarnate Word. Um, he's an A-plus defender, and he's about 10.5 points per game. Hearing an A-plus defender going to Southern Illinois, there's got to be music to your ears, Vance. Um, and then uh, looking at the rest of this team, um, you got a Sheridan Sharp as a freshman from Indianapolis, six, three guard. Um, he was an Indiana high school all-star four a state champion. Uh, so you got a winning co- coming in with a winning culture, nine and a half points per game there. RJ McGee coming over from Tulane. He's a transfer graduate, uh, six, five guard, four and a half points per game. He started eight games there. Um, Jarrett Hensley is another guy that I think is going to be interesting as well. Um. He's uh, two points per game at Cincinnati. Didn't play a ton, Um, and then I think Kennard Davis is the guy that I that I'm really curious to see what happens with Vance.
0: I'm with you on that one. I think there's a lot of hype with uh, Kennard Davis um, coming from St. Louis. Um, He's in that mix for potential Freshman of the Year. Absolutely, Um, and I think the minutes and the uh, offense are available to him to put up numbers for that type of accolade. Yeah. Um, And then one person I do want to point out that I'm very high on uh, just because, you know what, I spent an entire uh, airplane flight with his family um, to Arch Madness uh, because I was traveling from Dallas is uh, A.J. Ferguson from Houston, Texas. Um, He is going to be a junior this year. Um, He's one that um, he's took a back seat last year, didn't uh, get a lot of PT just due to we were heavy at the guard position., yep. uh, but he's one I could see come in and and be kind of that role player um and give us you know some significant minutes um, for this lineup. The biggest I'm, I'm just my summary of this team is there's so many unknowns. When you lose Lance Jones and you lose Marcus Damask um, and the 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 offense, they I mean over twenty points, almost closer to thirty points. Um, Actually, yeah, if we round it, it's 30 points of offense. You know, you can't sit here and be like, oh, this is the starting five or these are going to be the big players because there just wasn't enough offense to go around other than X. And that's Xavier Johnson. I think everyone knows that's the known quantity. But I'm excited um, just because of the options available and just this is going to be a new team. It's going to be a new style play um, without, you know, Lance and, and Marcus and um, I'm excited. Like we didn't even talk about our seven-footer, Cade Hornicker, um, out of Texas as well. Um, and so, I mean, I, there's just there's a lot of raw talent that mm-hmm. the only thing Sluky fans know are is that it's raw. And so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna see it out actually on the court um, with the minutes available to them.
1: Yeah, and I think it's gonna be a developmental year for a lot of these guys. And I think a guy like Davis, um, I think one one of the questions, the main questions that I have for Southern Illinois, is. Um, does this become his team at certain point Um, does he kind of take that step as um, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on a kid, but similar to Marcus Damask when he came in as a freshman and it became his team pretty, pretty soundly midway through the year. Um, Is that a situation we have with Davis in this, in this season? So um, yeah, I like what you said. I think to me, it's um, I have faith in the coaching staff. And I, I do think that a year with this group, when we get to next year, they're going to be a lot more polished and, um, like I, I do like the fact that you bring in the kid from, uh, Trey Miller from incarnate word who a plus mm-hmm. defender Vance. I mean, that's when you hear that, that's the first thing that uh, when I was doing research, the first thing that on, on the couple of articles I saw was defender. And I was like, okay, that's, that's Brian Mullins right there.
0: It's like when you're reviewing resumes, like defense <laughs> has to be the number one bullet point on it. And if not, we're going to pass on it. Yeah. And, um, 10 and a
1: half points per game is nothing to sneeze at.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, but hey, um, non-conference, I think one of the better ones in the Missouri Valley, in my mind.
1: Oh, it's one of the best, for sure. This is a good non-conference. I haven't said that in a while, either. This is a really good non-conference schedule for a Missouri Valley team. Um, obviously, a couple of games to start off, Kentucky State, Queens, and Chicago State. Um, let's try to get to 3-0, get some confidence <laughs> for this yeah. team. Um, going to the Cancun Challenge, which uh, is uh, Southern Illinois, James Madison, Fresno State, New Mexico State. Um you know, maybe get a win there, Um, get some experience going over there. I think that you'll be playing in two winnable games. You play James Madison and the winner of the other game. So, Um, but the really, I think the meat of the schedule is December. And if you are a Southern Illinois basketball fan, who's making the trip to Carbondale for these games, you got St. Louis coming in, you've got Oklahoma state coming in Um, North Dakota state. You've got some awesome home games, especially for some of these Valley teams. We don't get a lot of big names coming into our arenas. These are really good games. Um, you're also on the 16th of December. I don't want to. I don't want to forget about this one, Vance. Making that trip over to Wichita, Kansas, playing uh, a former uh, member of the Missouri Valley Conference, playing the Shockers.
0: I love it, and I mean, last season we went to Oklahoma State and won. Um, I there's nothing better than if we could somehow go to Wichita, Kansas, go to the Roundhouse and get a W. Oh man, wouldn't it be great? Because I think what Drake beat Wichita State already. Um, post uh, yep. them leaving the Valley. I'd mm-hmm. love to. Love to get another W from out of the Shockers.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure you're, you've are you got to be pleased with the schedule, Vance.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, my parents are season ticket holders. I mean, this is great for the season ticket holders down at Carbondale. And, and, I mean, that's,
1: and that's kind of what I was thinking. It's It almost feels like a year too late with the yeah, you guys yeah. had last year. But at the same point, it's like I think this is going to be a fun team as we kind of put a bow on Southern Illinois. Um, I think this is going to be a fun team to watch and develop with. So if you're a fan and you get to go, go see him play some of these good teams, it's gonna be a fun December.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I mean, there's some some young some names you're not gonna know that. Yeah, go to the Banterra Center and fill that place up and support this team.
1: Yeah, and so kind of overall looking at this, um, to me, Vance. Now this is where I get to be uh, not as much of fun for you. I, I do <laughs> think that I do think this is a bottom tier team in the Valley this year. Um, it's going to be the most, I, to me, it's going to be like the most competitive bottom tier team ever, because whenever you go play at Southern Illinois, you know, they're going to defend. I just doesn't feel like a one or two win team. I think they will get to maybe five or six wins, but I do think that'll still be at the bottom of the league.
0: So I think that's totally fair because, and I've been saying this to everyone, is I can't make a case against it because everyone's going to look at the stats and see, well, yeah, you, lo- you lose 30 points from last year. Where are you going to find it? And I don't have an answer today. So I think you're, you're right where the preseason is probably going to come in. Um, but I think the ceiling is relatively high that this is one of those teams that could be the biggest margin of difference between where they're picked preseason and where they end postseason. Or maybe I should say it, they have the best opportunity to uh, be a team that has the largest uh, margin between uh, pre and postseason. All right, Valley fans, our last team to cover in this preseason episode is going to be the University of Northern Iowa Panthers in head coach Ben Jacobson's 18th season. He is 335 and 219 at Northern Iowa. Last season, the regular season Panthers went 13 and 17, and they were 9 and 11 in conference. They were the eighth seed playing Illinois State in the first round, and they won 75 to 62 before losing to the number one seed, Bradley, 66 to 72.
1: You remember the first day of Arch Madness last year? That 75-62 game was the closest game of the day. Oh, I, know. I don't know if you remember that. That, was, that was a bad day. They actually, and 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 truth be told, um, when they played Bradley in that second game and that 1-8 matchup, um, they were right there till the end. That was one of the, that was. this felt like one of those teams that um, they took their lumps throughout the year. Um, I think it was a better team than their record showed. I don't mm-hmm. think – I think they were better than a 13 win. Um, but they found ways to lose some. They it, it felt like they found a way to find the losses last they year, did. and um, it did feel like they were finally playing good basketball once they did get to Arch Madness. Um, it, but it was kind of just a mixed bag last year. I mean, there was that loss to McNeese State, that loss to South Florida at home, uh, lost to Toledo. I mean, Northern Iowa. Please, I, I, you're going to find out how much I like your team this year. Please don't do this again to me. Yeah. Just, it's just those are those are the killers last year i mean their non-conference was was dreadful
0: it was um i think so it was just they were young um in the non-conference but the six game losing streak at the end of january through mid-february yeah um was just brutal i mean that's just what really sealed them into um the fate that they had
1: yeah because remember they started off five and two in the valley yeah i mean they were one of the they were we were talking about them like oh hey how good is this team? And things just kind of fell off from there. But um, that's the past. I don't want to talk about the past because I love this team this year. Um, and let's talk about the departures. There are none. That's mm-hmm. This is the first team that we can look at. We're not looking at a bunch of departures for this team. So we're bringing back a lot of the same guys, led by Bowenborn, uh, who is a – he's in his fourth year. They call him a junior. I think it's ridiculous. He's a senior. <laughs> um the uh, But he's 17.9 points per game. He is going to absolutely be in the mix for player of the year in the conference. Um, he's kind of in that top tier with those up there. Um, he is bringing back Nate Heisey, who's returning from injury last year. Um, before, he was, before he got hurt, he was 12 points a game last year. One of the better defenders in the league. I like his game up quite a bit. Um, Titan Anderson's coming back, who's another guy who's, um, who was he, – it felt like sometimes he had to play the five when um, I think he's better as the four. Um, and I think, and we'll get to in a second. I think he's going to have a little bit more depth at the five. Um, but the one guy I'm curious about from a starting lineup perspective, and I believe he will be there, the starting three is Michael Duox Vance. Um, you know, sometimes guys, it's been a mixed bag in the second year in the Valley, um, whether or not they have that that you know really good second year, or maybe they have a little bit of a slump, or they get take a little bit longer to get going. I'm curious how Michael Duox, as well as Avila and um, kate tyson those three guys i'm really curious how their second year goes
0: yeah and some of it like especially Dulox, is it was kind of just an opportunity like they were a young team he got a ton of minutes he was on the all freshman team i'm with you and I, I like the category that you threw him in because i think he's going to compare himself to those types
1: oh for sure and i mean there was times last year where it felt like he was going to be the freshman of the year i think kate tyson fairly enough toward the end of the season kind of separated himself from the other two but I mean, there were times during that season we were like, okay, Michael Duox is probably going to win this award. So he's that, he had that good a year. Um, looking at the, the the five position, though, um, it's going to be interesting. Jacob Hudson coming over from Loyola. Some of you may remember him in his time in the Valley. Um, he only had 1.8 points per game. He kind of got leapfrogged by some transfers last year there. So he's coming in a 6'11 center. Um, I think that the combination of him, um, maybe Cole Henry off of the bench for this team, are really going to step in and play that five and maybe take a little bit of pressure off Titan, who had to play the five at times last year.
0: Yeah, I am with you on that. Um, I mean, man, I just – I really like this team coming back. It's a Ben Jacobson team. like It is. I mean, it's just it's, – it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it's so a couple of guys I want to make make mention of before we we close out the roster portion of it. Um, two guys, Landon Wolf and Trey Campbell, both freshmen last year. Both had their moments where they were really rock solid last year. Um, I think that I'm curious with the um, with the new freshmen that we're going to talk about in a second. How will their minutes be affected with Nate Heisey coming back? How are their minutes going to be affected? So I'm curious how much they do play and whether or not they kind of have to take a little bit of a, a little bit of a step back, um, in playing time. Because like you said, last year, they were so young. They were forced to play a lot of minutes. Um, I do think Trey Campbell is going to, his minutes are going to be fine. He was seven and a half points a game last year. Uh, Landon Wolf, 7.4. So both good players. Um, couple of really good freshmen, though, coming into this team. Uh, Wes Rubin is a six eight guard from Chicago Simeon. He's very versatile, can play the three, play the four. Um, he has potential to be one of the higher-level scorers in the in the Missouri Valley Conference at some point. And then, of course, R.J. Taylor. He is the 2023 Prep School Player of the Year, 113th ranked nationwide, depending on where you're looking. He was 17 points per game. He has a chance to be freshman of the year. I mean, this is these are two uh, – I mean, this is just such a – star studded class that they have with Wes and RJ um, both guys who I think are going to um, like we said with some of the other uh, where's the minutes going to how's the minutes going to get allocated with this team um, because they have a ton of talent and um, I go as far as to say that this is the deepest team in the league talent wise.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and even with their, their starting five, I mean, I yep. I just really liked it. like that. I think Hudson just I know you talked a little bit about um, Huddy is he just fits so well does. into this team and the Ben Jacobson model. And honestly, he could kind of be one of that. I don't know, I'm not going to put him in the newcomer of the year category yet, but like no. he's one that it just plays to his style. Um, and I just, I, I like him a lot on this team to be that, that role player.
1: I like him a lot. And I agree with you. I think the why I like him a lot is he's not going to be expected to do too much. Yeah, he's not going to be the one that they're expecting to lean on. Um, He's not going to be like a Darnell Brody at Drake, who we know what he is. He's going to score a lot of points. Hudson might not average more than four or five points a game, but to be able to kind of be that five who can give you some – give you a good 20, 22 minutes a game um, and keep the pressure off Titan Anderson, who uh, to me it felt like in a lot of – some of those games – He forced it. Yeah, Well, he forced it, but he also – I mean, he was out there trying to guard Rink Mast, and and it felt yeah. like he had he was, it was hard it was hard for him not to fail, and he was a great player. But like there were nights where it was just like, this is the best we and this is the best we can do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it, we'll see what happens um, with that. Um, I really do like this team a lot. Uh, looking at their non-conference schedule, um, they have they host Richmond, um, they go on the road to Toledo. Um, it's it, listen, this isn't. This is not a great non-conference schedule if you just look at the non-conference schedule. But when you add in the MTE that they're in advance, they're going to get three of the best games of anybody. Mm -hmm. They're heading to the Battle of Atlantis uh, or Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas. They will be playing North Carolina in game number one. Win or lose, they'll either play Villanova or Texas Tech. And then they'll play one of four of Michigan, Memphis, Arkansas, and Stanford. Guaranteed three good games on the schedule. And then not, and then add that in with your Richmond going to USF. Um, pretty dang good. Non-conference overall.
0: I'm, I'm with you. I mean, this is the one, I mean, the battle for Atlantis is a household MTE that people look forward to. So 100%. this is, this is huge for the Valley just from an exposure perspective. And you know what Northern Iowa has been known to go in and uh, knock off some of those teams that ESPN gets really frustrated because they expect certain matchups and they don't get it.
1: I agree. I agree. Uh, kind of putting a bow on Northern Iowa, though, here. Um, Vance, I'll kick to you. Do you think this team can win the league? Yes. Yeah, I do, too. Um, we'll get into it next, uh, next episode when we actually talk about who, um, who we're picking and where we have them picked. Um, what I'll say about Northern Iowa, and I think you agree with me, yes or no, they're in the top tier of the Missouri Valley Conference this year.
0: Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. All right, Baker. Before we close out this episode, you take me through the gauntlet. I usually take you through a this or that exercise. So you got you got to pick one or the other. Um, you got five things. Um, some are fun. Some are I, I think a little bit harder. And so, Baker, are you ready for number one? Let's do it. All right. You're going to a game at Redburn Arena, or really any arena. Um, are you? And you only and you get one snack, and it has to be one of these two. Which one are you picking? Popcorn or pretzel?
1: Oh, pretzel. I hate popcorn.
0: Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, like, hundred percent, I'm a pretzel, but I mean, popcorn's yeah, hating popcorn's tough.
1: I, you know what? Not a big fan, and it's uh, it's actually interesting. My my wife and kids love popcorn. Like, they're 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 stir crazy. That they're mm-hmm. big in the stir crazy. Like, they're into popcorn. That's their thing. I think it's awful. Yeah. Oh, well, alright I'm, I'm all a weird right.
0: cat. I learned something about you tonight. All you right. Go. Um, you're building a team in the Missouri Valley. And you have to pick between these two players. Who are you picking to be on your team? Cade Tyson from Belmont or Bowen Bourne from Northern Iowa? All right. So I
1: have a question before I answer this. Do I get Cade Tyson for the duration of his college career? Is it like, or is it for like this one, year? Is it's it for just season. this year? One
0: season, just one season. Bowen this born. year, Bowen Born. Yeah. Um, all right you can okay so basically here's the only way you can watch um, Illinois State games let's go that way oh boy um, you can watch every game on ESPN plus or you can only go to home games in person so basically you're saying I'm foregoing going to Redbird Arena this year, but I'll, I'll watch every game on ESPN Plus. Or you're saying I can't watch road games, but I can go to every game at Redbird Arena. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I'm going to the home games, Vance. I, that, that's <sighs> going to I mean, like, I, I'm going to go back to – we're going to go Baker circa 2000 – 2000, whenever I was like a kid, and the only way you could know anything would happen on the road is if you listen on the radio. Or, I mean, I didn't watch them then, and I still love the birds. I, I I, can't give up going to uh, Seth Q Arena. I can't do it.
0: I like that. I like that. Okay. Um, Second to last one here, number four, Um, basically uh, Ben Jacobson or Darren DeVries.
1: Ben Jacobson. Pretty easy. Um, I think – I think Darren DeVries is the correct number, two, though, if that's what you're implying.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think you know what the good, you know, it would be almost a good one? Um, ben Jacobs – or it would be Brian Wardle or Darren DeVries.
0: Ooh, that would be a good one. Hey, you know what? Whenever you do this or that, you can have those two. Oh, don't one. worry. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> and then – okay. Um, would you rather have a conference regular season championship – or an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament?
1: At-large bid to the NCAA tournament, not a question. No doubt about it. Not even arguing, this one.
0: So it's not Isn't, even close.
1: It, it, it's NCAA, I don't care if we finish 10th in the conference. I don't care if we win 10 regular season titles in a row and don't make the tournament. Like, as an Illinois State fan, this is year number 26 since we've made it. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's NCAA tournament or bust for me. Like, as good as that season was when they went 17-1, which it was, I loved it. They didn't make the tournament, and I was bitter during the NIT. Like, I was, like, as a fan, I, we haven't been to the tournament since I was, like, really young. Like, I was a young kid. I remember yeah. it, but I was so young, I barely do. Yeah, Like, sure, man, yeah, sure. I've, I this is not, like... Oh, I, I should have asked Boston, a Drake
0: man. fan. That's fine. I should have asked a Drake fan. I I, I <laughs> kind of forgot the draw out here.
1: <laughs> you're asking you're asking the wrong fan base. <laughs> I and all Illinois State fans listening, I hope you have the same answer as me. It's like, who gives a crap about a regular season title if it if it doesn't mean we're making the tournament? Like
0: Yep. <laughs> all right. This has been uh this or that, and this has been the last preview episode where we covered the Evansville Purple Aces, the Southern Illinois Salukis, with a great conversation with Luke Martin, the new voice of the Salukis. Excited to listen to him um, this upcoming season. And then the Northern Iowa Panthers. Baker, where can people find us?
1: Yeah, you guys can find us uh, on Twitter, March Arch Pod, at March Arch Baker. Um... Marcharchmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, you guys can send us your predictions for this season. Love to hear from you guys. Maybe we'll read some on the air next time, Vance. Um, and, yeah, next time that we, uh, we come back, we will be having our full uh, preview episode for uh, for this upcoming Missouri Valley Conference season and non-conference because, uh, Vance, hoops are uh, coming up real quick here on us.
0: I know we're so close and I'm I mean I'm not over football by any means but I really only follow college and I just need college basketball. You know some of the the preseason publications are coming out and it just feels good, Baker. Can't wait. And with that, I'll say go Valley.
1: Start talking about the Valley. Why not?